0: Jesus called us the light of the world. We are called to walk in righteousness. We are a holy people, meaning that we are set apart, distinct, or different. And here we are in this world, loving our neighbors and coworkers. Uh, To borrow a common phrase, what does it look like to be in the world, but not of it? This is On Life with Jamie Sinclair, episode nine. Hey, y'all. I hope you're doing well welcome to this episode i am happy to be recording this today it has been a couple of weeks so i was hoping to do a weekly podcast let's call it an almost weekly podcast what a season we're in nationally so much is happening i feel like my head's just been spinning Uh, thank you very much those of you who've been sending in some great ideas and questions please keep them coming My number is 315-566-0056. That's the number for the podcast. Shoot me a text and it pops into my email inbox labeled for the podcast so I don't miss anything. Uh, I do have several, several questions kind of backlogged at this point, and I hope to release another episode in less than a week addressing a couple of others. But for today, I just want to address a couple of related questions. So let's dive in. How can we be a light in the darkness while avoiding the appearance of evil? We are to be set apart and yet in the world. I struggle with not wanting to appear that I am okay with someone's sin while also cultivating relationship with them. This is an awesome question. It's a question we should think about with some regularity. We want to be connecting with our friends, our neighbors, our coworkers. We want to be engaging with them in life and, and friendship and relationship. But also, we are children of God. We're living for the Lord. We're called to walk in righteousness and holiness. We are a people who are set apart. We are distinct. We are different. We don't belong to the kingdoms of this world. And that means there's going to be some sort of tension. And it's it's easy to kind of go to to one extreme or the other, where we almost uh, avoid or abstain from any sort of meaningful relationship or friendship with the people around us in an effort to be the people of God. But we can also compromise and communicate poorly and even fall into sin if we are not clear on the fact that we're called to be different. So I have several thoughts. I don't want to belabor this one. So, So here's a few. The first one, you use the phrase appearance of evil, avoiding the appearance of evil. And uh, I'm not saying you, dear questioner, are making this mistake, but it's, I, I often hear this phrase understood improperly by Christians. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, let me look it up real quick. Which verse would it be? Verse, 1 Thessalonians five twenty-two. A modern translation will sound something like this stay away from every kind of evil. Amen. Okay. Stay away from every kind of evil. Here's, here's another uh, modern translation. It goes like this. Abstain from every form of evil. Stay away from every kind, every form. Uh, the King James reads like this. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And if you think about the word appearance, This is a legitimate translation. It just can be confusing because it's not the way we tend to, uh, when we first hear it, we don't think of it this way. What the Bible verse is saying is, uh, uh, don't engage in any type or any manifestation of sin or evil. And a particular type or particular manifestation might be an appearance of evil. But we often read it and think, don't even appear to be doing something wrong. What the Bible verse says, though, is it's not to not appear to be doing something wrong. It's not to do something wrong, which would be an appearance of evil or an appearance or a manifestation or a type or kind of sin. And so uh, if someone happens to think we did something sinful, we are not necessarily in sin because of that. That The, the biblical command is not that uh, if we appear somehow— do something wrong, then we have done something wrong. The, the biblical command is don't do anything wrong. Abstain from every form of evil. Uh, avoid every kind of sin. Uh, so that's what it means to, to abstain from the appearance of evil. Firstly. Okay. But love does work hard on communication. And so the, the, the idea behind not only do I not want to engage in sin... Because the Lord is is perfect and holy, and He's called us to be like Him as His children. And the grace of God not only forgives us our sins, but it empowers us to walk in victory over sin. Not only do we want to walk in righteousness, because that's God's best for us, I love the people around me. And I want to communicate a passion for righteousness. I want to communicate effectively what God's will is in all sorts of areas of life. And so not only do I not want to sin, but I want to do my best to communicate that I don't want to sin and that sin is sin and I'm avoiding this or abstaining from it. Does that make sense? So yes, I would say that the misread of first Thessalonians five is a misread, but part of why it has some staying power is because to some extent, certainly we want to work hard on not even appearing to endorse sin. Uh, okay. So I want to look at like two case studies. So, in Matthew 11 they there there's kind of an observation of John the Baptist and Jesus and they looked at first blush a little bit different John the Baptist his appearance uh he was like hardcore outside of the city dressing in was it camel hair and eating locusts and honey and and just kind of repenting this hardcore Repent and be baptized for the, uh, you know, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And so so there's this, like, extreme, just very obviously different. There there was no looking at John being like, he looks like he's infatuated with wealth and comfort and flirting with sin. Like, he was, like, hardcore, one extreme. Um, Jesus came. And by the way, Jesus very definitely called people to repentance. But he wasn't simply outside the city, dressed in crazy clothes and, you know... Soapbox preaching, Jesus was eating and, and drinking with sinners and had relationship with people that were largely disdained by the religious elite and and Here's what we read in matthew eleven for john neither for John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. And, and so uh, I think it's important for us to, uh, to, to chase passionately chase after righteousness and to try to communicate clearly and do this in the context of building bridges and being friends with our coworkers and our neighbors and family members who don't know Jesus. And at times people might say, you're a crazy, backwards, demon-possessed, lunatic. And at times they might say, you're a sinner, you're a glutton, you're a drunkard. And, and certainly we want to try to convey an accurate message about who we are, but people are going to call one way or the other. And, and I think what's important for us is to try to grab a hold of both of these ideas and, and love would try to communicate best. And a, a, a few thoughts, but again, this is something to be wrestling with and thinking about in an ongoing way. There isn't a simple answer because it depends on the relationship, it depends on the context. But what I found is helpful in my life, um, I have many, many Christian friends, and I have a good number of friends who are not following Jesus. Uh, one of the things I've tried to do over the years, and I'm not trying to say my example is perfect, in fact, I don't think I'm particularly good at like the nuances of friendship, um, but one of the things I've tried to do over the years to, to, to avoid um, unintentionally accidentally endorsing sin is I've tried to be clear about whose I am. If I'm friends with somebody in any sort of meaningful way, pretty early on, I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to talk about church. I'm going to talk about the fact that I'm a Christian and I'm a child of God. Secondly, not only am I going to drop hints to kind of be clear about whose I am, I try to be pretty clear and upfront with the gospel. If a relationship is going anywhere serious. What I found is if I'm friends with somebody for months, sadly, there've been times where I've been friends with somebody for maybe over a year. And I'm not talking about like we happen to bump into each other once in a while, but we're having like sit downs and conversations. If I'm like friends with somebody and I don't share the gospel for weeks and months, it actually becomes harder and harder. And and so what I found is it can be a little awkward sometimes, and it, it might even very dramatically change your friendship. But I found it's helpful for me to fairly upfront in any sort of meaningful con- like relationship, be pretty clear on the gospel. The fact that I see a, a reality that there's sin in the world, I have sinned myself, and Jesus came because none of us can save ourselves but Jesus came he died on the cross for my sins he died on the cross for the sins of everyone and i've put my faith in jesus and there's an invitation to my friend and to everyone to respond to the gospel to humble themselves and to receive the gift of forgiveness and salvation in christ and i try to have something like that pretty early on in any sort of meaningful friendship with somebody and then even if we if even if they kind of dismiss the gospel and we don't talk about it again for a while it there's like an underlying, this frames our ongoing friendship. And so months later, I don't need to, every time, you know, I'm aware of some sort of sin in their life, I don't feel like I have to constantly harass them about it or harp on it. Cause I know there's a clarity. They know who's I am and they know what I'm about. Uh, it's, I remember several years ago, somebody was like, Hey, I want to have a more meaningful relationship. And I was like, Hey, I, I just, I've I've got to be clear with you about a couple of things. And then I'm happy to never talk about this again if you don't want. But I need to be clear, you're living in sin. And this is my prayer for you. And this is my hope for you. Uh, unfortunately, they responded pretty poorly to that. But I felt like, hey, if, if I'm going to be friends, I want to be honest about this stuff. And, and some friends are kind of like, okay, whatever flits your boat, Jamie. And then we just don't talk about it again. Some people are really curious and leads to lots of great conversations. And I've seen people respond to the gospel as a result of this. It's beautiful. But I try to be pretty clear, maybe drop, drop hints, you know, again, a friend at work or whatever. I try to be pretty clear, hey, I'm going to church Sunday or oh, something's happening. I'm going to pray for you. Or, like I believe in Jesus. I try to be like drop hints and be pretty clear about whose I am sooner than later. And, and that way when any sort of, Gossip comes up or the the opportunity to to do a poor job on something or even cheat I'm able to be like nah this this is wrong and and by the gospel of like that that the good news of Jesus Christ I know that I'm forgiven for wrong things I've done, but I'm also called to to chase after righteousness and I can't have any part in this um uh, I try to I try to be fun and have fun with people and I feel like if if your friends are remotely mature you're able to have fun i uh, Without sinning, um but I try to pretty clearly separate myself from activities that might be sin. you know, if I have friends that are uh just coarse jesting and cussing a lot, I'm gonna pretty quickly abstain and I was just thinking several months ago I was in a conversation with some friends, and they started talking about uh just r- really crass sexual stuff. these are non believers they know I'm a Christian. They know I'm a pastor. Uh, I just kind of, I just left the conversation as like, I, I don't feel they're not following Jesus. I don't feel like it was necessary in that moment to try to somehow, uh, shut down the conversation. They were adults talking about each other's bodies. Uh, and I was just like, I don't want to have anything to do, it, to do with this. Not only am I not going to participate, I literally physically moved away from that conversation, uh, kind of went to the other side of the room. It was, it was in a public space. Just kind of like, uh, not interested in going there. Um, could I have sat there listening without sinning? Maybe. Uh, but I was interested in kind of sending a bit of a message to anybody who's interested. Jamie is definitely not engaging in this conversation. Uh, I don't find it edifying. I don't help find it helpful. It's it's objectifying. It's, it's celebrating and joking about sin. I was out. So uh, if someone finds out i'm friends with them and i hang out with them they're like man jamie's a drunkard and a glutton yeah that that happens um if somebody finds out i preach a clear gospel and when when i find when their brothers and sisters in sin i call them on their sin i call them to repentance uh to the world at large i call sin sin and i call people to the gospel that's the remedy if if people want to say i'm archaic and stiff on the one hand i'm kind of like a john the baptist and at the same time others might accuse me of being a sinner that's sad i, I want to try to like represent where i am at well people might misunderstand at times um, but certainly love says, I, I want to try to be clear. And so I want to pursue uh, friendships with my neighbors, with my coworkers. Uh, that's like Jesus has called us to to be a light to the world around us, not to uh, cover our light with a, under a, you know, a bushel or whatever, like let let it shine. So I want to be engaged and connected to the people around me. I don't want to just go off to, to monastic life. Um, but I also want to very clearly communicate to them, I'm not uh, I, I'm chasing after Jesus and I'm calling people away from sin and towards Jesus. And so I don't want to have anything to do with endorsing or participating in sin. And, and so it's tricky, but there is a part of loving the people around us well means working hard on this communication. And, you know, you, you do see these t- tensions like, okay, somebody who's living in sin, to what extent uh, can you just chill with them and be their friend? And to what extent do you need to call their sin sin? And, call them to repentance. And I would say ideally there's a yes to both of those. And as you pursue the yes to both, they may shut down the relationship and that's on them. But if they're open to relationship with you, I would say, you know, if if it's not somebody who's following Jesus, pursue as much relationship as you can, and also be as clear as you can be about the fact that you're a child of God and you... You see their sin as sin and you're calling to them to the gospel, but then there's no need to like ha- harass them about it. Uh, reach out to them, be their friend. You know, there are a lot of tensions in life. Here's a big idea that applies to tons of things and might slightly apply in this situation right here. I don't know if I've talked about the concept of problems to solve and tensions to manage. I heard somebody else talking about this years ago, and it was just super helpful. I, you know, Some things in life are problems to solve. If you're showing up to work five minutes late every day, set your alarm clock five minutes earlier. Like, that's a simple problem to solve. Boom, done. Some things, though, are tensions to manage. For example, biblically, it's important for us to have close, meaningful Christian fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ, where we know them, they know us, they have permission to speak into our lives, to to call us higher, to... to like there's, we see in the New Testament, a call to encourage one another, admonish one another, serve one another, forgive one another, love one another. Like there's just all these one another's. We need some people that we're close with that we can really engage in this one another ministry. But there's also a call in scripture to be hospitable and to be uh, not clicky, but open to the newcomer and, and welcoming to the stranger or the alien. And And so we see this in real life today, it means when there's a new employee or place of business, you should have space in your life to reach out to them, to uh, share lunch with them one day, or, or take a walk after work, or you should have some space in your life. But also, if your life is just full of connecting with 500 acquaintances, you might not have any close, meaningful friends. And and so what we see is there's this tension between, I will always want space in my life for this new person I've met. And many of us have met thousands of people and we're like, but I still want room in my life to connect with the next new person. But at the same time, I want to make sure I'm investing in close, close relationships and and maintaining those. And like, so in the life of a family. There might be a season where you're like, "Hey, two or three nights a week are going to be family night. we're just gonna do dinner together, play a board game, have a conversation, watch a movie it'll be family night we're gonna really invest in these close relationships but but there's also a maybe a season where every Sunday after Sunday morning worship, if that's uh you know part of your flow, I realize that not everybody does Sunday morning worship. It could be Sunday night, Saturday night, Friday night, whatever. But most of us, it's it's Sunday morning corporate worship. Maybe every Sunday you're like, you know what? After the service, we're going to invite a different family from church. Maybe even that family who just visited last week. And we'll invite them over the, the following Sunday. And uh, just to kind of connect, throw our net of relationship wide. And th- the answer isn't, should you make new friends? Or should you just invest in your close friends? The answer is, both. And there's a bit of a tension in different seasons, it might look a little bit different. In different relationships, it might look a little bit different. It's it's kind of I think there's some of that principle at play with uh do we appear like John the Baptist? Do we appear like Jesus at times? And and by the way, I think Jesus was a little bit of both at times. If somebody saw him after he was saying, let the dead bury their own dead, they'd be like, You're crazy, like John the Baptist did. And and the the key is uh, yeah, we we want to be clear that uh we we love those around us we're compassionate towards around us we're patient towards those around us and we and love is clear compassion brings the answer to sin and so we want to be clear about these things and and there's a little bit of a, a attention of those things at time and times and i want to encourage you to really seriously and meaningfully pray ask for wisdom consult people in your life who actually know you know specific relationships say lord how can we uh, pursue meaningful connection and relationship with the people you've placed in our lives, but also be really clear about whose we are and to be clear on the gospel and to make sure that uh to the to the extent we're able, we are we don't even send accidentally send a confusing message um and that maybe we're okay with sin or engaging in sin. We don't even want to send that message. But I'd go even further. Not only is it important to work hard, as we love those around us, to communicate we're not engaging in sin, it's important not to engage in sin. Uh, abstain from every appearance or, or manifestation or instance of evil. Uh, the reality is this. It's not just about communicating. We can fall into sin. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul's talking, and he's, uh, this, this. 1 Corinthians 8 through 10 are kind of a section talking about... Gray matters as a Christian. And in addition to a few factors like, hey, what does this communicate to non-believers? What does this communicate to other believers? Paul's like, hey, let's be honest here. You might fall into sin if you start getting close to the line. And first Corinthians chapter ten, verse twelve, he says, Whoever thinks he stands must be careful not to fall. To use a little King James, take heed lest you fall. It's not just a matter about thinking about the people around us and and our communication. It's a, we could easily fall into sin here. And I had another question come in a few weeks ago. It's really kind of related to this. Here's the question. A lot of times I think about how I'm able to be so relatable with people who are not like me, as in people who don't desire Jesus. I feel like I'm doing something wrong. Maybe I'm not worshiping Jesus well my number one goal as a Christian is to love Jesus. But sometimes I go through sad moments and feel lonely. I forget to pray and read my Bible. I, I start thinking, if I'm really a Christian, why do I hardly hear hear from God and, and hear or hear Christians talk about their difficulties like I'm going through? Um, is it that they're like perfect in their faith and I'm just fake and hypocritical? Or how do I become a Christian with perfect 100% faith? Do I need to become a strict Christian to experience that? If I stop being relatable with others, will that show perfect Christianity? What does it mean to love like Jesus loves? That was a a lengthy question. And I, I paraphrased a couple of parts, by the way. So dear, questioner if you're listening you're like that's not exactly what i said i I tried to i tried to shape it in in a way that i think was getting at what you were asking Um, but there's this question of are are we being so relatable to the people around us that wow i'm not really praying and reading my bible the way i'd hoped to and i feel like i I look different than the christians around me is there something wrong with me is there something wrong with them what's going on here and yeah I, i would say uh Obviously, I don't know you in your specific situation, so I can't speak specifically. But generally, I would urge definitely, it's so easy under the guise of I'm just trying to build a relationship with my coworkers who don't know Jesus to find yourself in in social gatherings where you're watching things you wouldn't ever otherwise watch, where you're saying things you wouldn't ever otherwise be saying where you're drinking and maybe pushing the limit uh or even if you're not other people are drinking and getting absolutely hammered and you're kind of participating in this group activity and and, and like all of a sudden it's like hmm I'm drifting further away from God I don't feel I feel like I'm hearing the Lord the way others talk about hearing from God oh I don't know if I prayed at all today it's really easy to drift and so yeah it is it is important for us as Christians to to be a light to the people around us and to build relationship with those in our lives who don't know the Lord. But wow, in that process, take heed lest you fall. Take heed lest you fall. And I would say if if you find yourself in a place where you're feeling distant from God, you're feeling like a lot of the the basics in terms of healthy patterns and rhythms and not by the way, you said a perfect 100% faith. I don't know exactly what that means if it means that you never make if that if the description of a Christian with perfect 100% faith is like they never make mistakes, they never even have questions or doubts or feel like they might not hear Jesus perfectly on something, I, I don't know if many of us are exactly in that domain, but very definitely. We can be in a place where we're healthy, or we're stable. And if you feel like you're in a place in your relationship with Jesus where uh, there's just not a, a passion for the Lord and a love for the Lord and uh, some basics are out of place, like you realize that prayer isn't central in your life and your walk with God and, and you feel disconnected from other Christians. If you feel more connected to non-believers than the close Christians in your life, that is not a healthy place to be. As the children of God, you know, in First in John, First John chapter 1, let me pull it up real quick. The Apostle John is, is writing, and he's writing to believers, and, and he's talking about the significant connection that we have with the Lord. We have fellowship with God. But not only that, that we as Christians have a connection one with another, and it's a connection that's not rooted in uh, enjoying the same cinema, or enjoying the same sports, or enjoying the same whatever, it's rooted in the fact that we have fellowship with God. And that is so much more significant. And, and so if you're a Christian listening to this right now, and you feel more of a fraternal bond, more of a connection, more of a kindred, kin, kindredness, uh, more of a kinship there with people based on nationality or profession or anything like that than you do with the people of God, I want, to, I want to urge you, this requires utmost priority. You need to make sure, uh, just humble yourself before the Lord, uh, lean into your, the, the fellowship that we're called to have with Jesus, and that also includes a fellowship with the people around us. Let me just read a fr- few verses from John. First John chapter one, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That life was revealed, and we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And and so he continues to write the message to them, but he's like, this message, this message, we we've walked with Jesus. We've experienced the Lord and we've been transformed by him. And it's, we're writing this to you so that we can have something. And it's not just an us, like, Hey, this was a great idea, but it's, we have fellowship with the father and with his son. And related to that, we have deep, meaningful fellowship one with another. And so there should be a, a, beautiful and pronounced kinship amongst the people of God. Um I'm not prepared right now off the cuff uh to do a, a lengthy one-to-another Bible study, but I encourage you, if you never have, just open up Biblegateway.com and in quotes, type uh one another and just look through the New Testament references, I would say over half of them with that phrase are, are an exhortation to Christians and the way we relate to one another, and there should be a love and a forgiveness and a service and a uh peace and an admonition and a like like forgiveness I don't know if I already said that one, but there's a relationship that we are called to, and I would say that is that's the one to primarily primarily lean into, and if you're finding yourself in a place where you are more connected and more relatable with people who are not following Jesus than the people of God, you need to lean into Jesus like never before and find a community. There's no, there's no Christian community that's perfect because it's has people like us who are growing. The Lord is at work in us. He who has begun a work, good work is faithful to complete it, but we are works in progress. But I would encourage you find a church where they're preaching the gospel where they're loving Jesus and loving each other and get connected. So yeah, like there's definitely room to grow there. Um, This doesn't mean you need to unfriend all your friends who aren't Christians, but I would say, yeah, it's really important to lean into and to prioritize in the midst of that tension of investing in close friends and being open to making new friends, people who don't know the Lord too. If you're leaning so hard into that, that you're not invested and really tight with other brothers and sisters in Christ, you are missing a key part of what God has for you. And you are setting yourself up to fall into all manner of sin, to fall distant from the Lord and your relationship with him. So yeah, I would just encourage you lean into Jesus in this season. Amen. Hey, have a wonderful rest of the day. I'm going to, cut this one a touch on the short side. Uh, We're approaching half an hour. It's been great. I will try to have another episode out for you sooner than later. Peace.